It's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 103. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a very good evening to you all. It's Tuesday the 27th of June. I'm Ronan Berry and you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business here on Midlands 103. Coming up on tonight's show, Peter Pitt is Mullingar's newest food outlet and its owner, Owen Murray, will discuss the latest venture by his family. They have a long history in the food scene in the Westmead town and Owen will talk all about why they chose that new franchise and what you can expect from that. The doors are open now. Check it out online there and find out all about that from around half past seven this evening. Also, the number of people working two or more jobs is rising and rising steadily particularly when reviewed from the point of view of maybe 20 years ago. And now about 3.2% of our workforce actually work two or more jobs. To find out exactly why that might be happening and indeed what compels people to look at an alternative job alongside their day job, I'll be joined by Yasmin el Kershi of All Pro Recruitment. And Yasmin will have insights and provide a bit of an overview too of all the latest trends and developments within the jobs market and indeed the HR sector. To get in touch with me here and join the conversation on this evening's show, you can do so on 083 103 by text or WhatsApp. That is the best way to get me directly. Alternatively, you'll find me at business at midlands103.com. And as always, Always happy to take your comments and delighted to hear what's going on with your businesses and in your world. Um, I'll be here till 8 o'clock, of course, so get busy with those text lines. But to begin this evening, I'm going to do like I often try to do in this show and continue to introduce you to businesses that you may not have heard of, you know, offerings that, ta- that are around the Midlands that sometimes are almost undiscovered. Now, some of you probably be familiar, very familiar with some of these, but it's always a great thing because people stop and comment and say, you know, I'd never heard of that place. I'd never heard of that business. I'd never heard of that service. They sound like fantastic people. Uh, con- and people say to me, continue to do what you're doing and, and showcase these businesses. Well, this evening, I have the absolute pleasure of introducing you to Michael Fitzpatrick. Michael is the managing director of Inch House down near Stradbally. Michael, very good evening and welcome to Taking Care of Business. Good evening, Roland. Lovely to meet you again. Tell us about Inch Inch House. Oh, gosh. Well, Inch House is a 17th century uh, country house in Stradbally. Um, So we're just outside Electric Picnic uh, Town and we also have the National Ploughing Championships this year. Um, And the house um, has many guest rooms. We have glamping experiences. We do private function rooms and we do big hen stag parties. Uh, down to family uh, vacation rentals as well. And the house itself then, is it an old house and how did you come to be the managing director of it? Yes, yeah, so it's a family run business and um, yeah, so the house was, we bought the house about uh, over 40 years ago um, and it was a family home for, for many years and, and still is considered, I suppose, a family home by us um, and I suppose the staff as well consider it home. But um, yeah, we've started, basically we started uh, in COVID um, and it became developed over time. Um, people started discovering us um, over social media has been a great uh, aspect for us. I think a lot of people that come to us now say, gosh, we've seen your Instagram posts online and gosh, we said we'd come and check it out. And we were at Shine in Emo um, a few months ago and, and that really shone a light on all the people in Leash maybe that didn't know about us. Um, and we had at least, I think, 
that next day we had about three people come in for afternoon tea just straight after shine. So it really just shows that events like that unleash really shine on other businesses too. And it, it really has a broader impact on the rest of us. When you went to look at it as a business, what did you look into like in terms of assessing its viability and indeed looking at going at, you know, gathering the money and actually putting a plan in place to develop it into the into the accommodation place that it is today? Yeah, so I suppose I started my career in hospitality um, and I studied abroad um, and I worked in, in Dublin and in Kildare in the K Club, the Conrad uh, and the Marion. So I built up a lot of experience over the past years and I said that it was always a dream or a vision of mine to have my own hospitality business and and make people feel welcome. Um, I remember when I was a kid, we used to go abroad and we went to this one hotel every time and there was a lady, Cece, and she, every year she remembered me and every year she always made an effort to come talk to us, to make us feel welcome. So that's really one of the main points from when I started out. That was what made me love hospitality. It wasn't about the bedroom or it wasn't about the facilities. It was about the other person remembering me, remembering what I liked. Um, she had the same ice cream for me every day. So, yeah, I think that's where my hospitality and my love for hospitality grew from. And when we started an Inch House, we wanted to create somewhere that wasn't a hotel, that wasn't corporate, that wasn't a box room. Um, so we wanted to make somewhere feel like it was a home away from home, um, but yet have the amenities of home. So, for example, our guest kitchen, having an outdoor spa hot tub, going out to the fire pit, roasting some marshmallows and um, getting to walk in the area. We have the Barrow Blue Way now in Vickerstown as well. So that was a kind of a big view. We took on a big view of the future and we took a view on looking into leash, really, because a lot of our business, I suppose, comes from the UK, France, Denmark and Germany. So these are all kind of outdoor places and outdoor activity lovers. So I think leash was the perfect way to market what we have and we have the nature all around us so that was a big element of what we did um, as you know Leash is quite a flat area and people love to go walks in Emo Park you have Ballinakill um, there's loads of activities to do for people so that was a big aspect um, and the other aspect was the self-catering aspect where people you know you go to the same hotel you meet the receptionist and you hand the keys and you go through the whole long check-in process where with us it's more welcoming it's it's a home and um, you can do self-check-in with us so it, you have many options to become make the stay what you want it to be rather than going through a whole rigorous process of, of booking a stay with us so it's more personal and it's more homely Is was our vision to make it was that was our vision to make it yeah what does a typical guest look like are they typically couples coming from Europe are they or do you target specific kind of demographics yeah so we have a very wide range of clientele so our clientele come from all over the world so in the summer season our summer season started very early this year um, which was quite surprising to us um, we got a huge amount of people from Denmark uh, Germany and France uh, and that started in March so our summer season started uh, to grow in March and then you have then for our functions we have a lot of local people um, and they tend to be groups um, and then you have midweek then you have our corporate guests maybe going to a business meeting in Port Leash or in Athai um, and then the weekend grows into a more leisure guest so a guest that wants to just come and relax um, we all have 
very busy lives nowadays. Um, I think we all kind of learned how how busy we became during COVID and how our lives just was so packed with with activities and uh, lots of different things, even families. And I think everyone wanted an escape. So we have a lot of escape, escapism tourism at the weekends that people just want to escape and just take back, you, relax. You can't just leave us hanging on that. What's escapism, tourism? Escapism. In, uh, <laughs> that, that's an interesting one. I suppose <laughs> escapism, I suppose we all have, again, we all have a busy life and we we need to escape. Our minds need to escape. Our bodies need to escape um, because our own environments aren't always, we're always busy. We always have a lot of things going on. Some people have a lot of stress. Um, people come to us for happy reasons, for sad reasons. Maybe they're coming for a funeral party afterwards uh, to celebrate someone's life. Maybe they're coming to celebrate an engagement. Um, and then we have we have a number of guests that are return guests that come back. We have a couple that just came back to us recently that they got engaged at Inch House and they've come back to us nearly every year since. So you have a wide variety of people coming to us. Really, you yeah. can cater for pretty much any event, be it corporate, be it private, be it family too, um, right down to hen parties. And you've even developed like really innovative on-site offerings. They're looking at the website, inchhouseireland.ie, things like the Dunamay's Barn, the Sir Hurt Barn, named yes. after John Hurt. Yes, Probably indeed. Why? Yeah. Is so there, uh, there is there's a little bit of a story. Uh, <laughs> well, it's said that uh, John Hurt lived in Ballantubert. Yes. Um, and the previous owners... Um, always mentioned that John would come down uh, to the house and have some drinks and little dinner parties or a soiree in the house. So we thought we'd honour the history of, of Leash um, and the history of, of John himself. And I think it, it's wonderful to be able to do that. Um, our Dunamace Barn is obviously named after the, the Rock of Dunamace. So we incorporated different little things into into Inch House that, that make it um, all about the history and the the deep, I suppose, the deep um, nature really that's around us. Um, and I suppose the, um, the our new glamping tents, um, they're named after all Irish mothers' names. So traditional Irish mothers' names, Betty, Nora, um, Mary. So I think a big part of our offering is is big to do with the tradition of being Irish and what it means to be Irish. Yeah, Mary's a great name, by the way. <laughs> it is, um, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you why later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I have a great, great, great Irish mother's name too. Um, no, I said it, it looks absolutely fantastic too. And and what you, what it does strike me, like I'm saying, is you you see the kind of the, the diversity of the offering that's there. Are tourists like are, are your customers demanding that now that maybe the day of just a conventional maybe hotel or accommodation offering with one function room at a bar you know, has that changed and people are actually seeking out different ways of you know having that weekend way that week way or relaxing. Yeah, I think people's perception of of a holiday is become very different. Um, I think people don't want, from what we can see and what we come to to see with us, is that they they want to go explore. They want to see new things, have new experiences. And a lot of people ask about pubs, local pubs. You know, you have the Fisherman's and you have a lot of different places people want to see live music. So it's more, I think, we've moved more towards an experience rather than just a stay. Um, and I think that's where we're going. And, and you can see people just moving ever so slightly and gently over the past few years. And I think COVID was a big reality check for people um, that you, you don't need to um, you don't need to be in a big hotel where there's hundreds of people. I think people became very spatially aware of that as well, even in terms of their safety, you know, health and everything. Um, people have taken away from the big 
big corporate conglomerates than move to kind of smaller boutique properties, um, I suppose, just like us at, at Inch House. So, yeah. So, you know, it's fantastic. And again, you know, the Midlands, it really has some amazing amenities and, and offerings like that for people. So we're going to explore that a little bit more with Michael after this break. We're also going to look, I mean, it's, it's won numerous awards as well, particularly for sustainability. And we'll see about how that come about. But we'll also look at the actual tourism and hospitality sector too. And exactly, you know, how Michael gauges the state of play in that sector at this point in time as we head into the summer months too. Michael will also talk to us too about pride. It's something that is very close to his own heart as well. And again, something that in this country we we speak a lot about, we see how well publicised it was last week, but maybe sometimes the conversation still needs to be had across all our regular media channels as well. So we'll we'll catch up with Michael on that after this quick break. Don't go anywhere. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Still to come on Taking Care of Business, I'll be looking at statistics now that suggest that over 80,000 people are currently working at least two jobs, if not three jobs. So we're trying to find out exactly what's going on with that. Are there any sectors that lend itself to working more than one job? Is it primarily focused on part-time or, you know, short fixed-term contracts and that? So to find out more about that, I'll be joined a little bit later by Yasmin al Kershi from All Pro Recruitment. And also I'll be talking to Owen Murray. Owen is the owner of the Pitta Pit in Mullingar. It's a new franchise that the family have opened up there. They have a deep history in the town, uh, particularly with Apache Pizza and Owen will belong to us about their latest venture and what you can expect from that. But uh, before that, um, as before the break, I'm joined by Michael Fitzpatrick, the Managing Director of Inch House in, in Stradbally. And Michael has been just painting a lovely picture of what they have to offer down there and what tourists are beginning to look for and seeking out experiences rather than just maybe traditional hotel stays, looking for a bit of space, a bit of peace, a bit of serenity. But uh, it also sounds like a place that's good for a good old party too. Michael, um, how many staff have you on your books at the minute at Inch House? Um, we have about four staff on our books at the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, do you see that number growing or indeed what's it like? Because actually for your sector, we for years we've been hearing about big challenges in getting people into the sector in the first place. And again, you've pointed out to start there that that vocation piece that kind of draws you to a sector and makes it something that you want to make a career and indeed a livelihood out of. Um, are, is the industry doing as well in attracting people in, particularly in a post-COVID world where the challenges are dare I say, still evident in a lot of hospitality sectors that maybe there's a lot of new people in. How are you finding it? Yeah, I suppose we have a, a really good team. Um, we have a really good staff, um, Shauna, Jill, um, and they're, they're really, they are dedicated. And I suppose, I think in hospitality, there has to be a grow for it. There has to be a love for it. Um, and I think, you know, there are days that are hard, Um not every not every guest is is easy, um, and not every guest comes happy. But it's how we turn that around as staff and manage to manage to create a happy experience because it's 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 not an easy task to to make a guest happy always. And I think our team definitely have learned over the years how to how to do that and how to um, how to make somebody happy and and give them something that they will remember. And I suppose that's the main piece. I suppose for staff that. They get they get their name there that the the people go home and say gosh Jesus wasn't Jill amazing or wasn't Shauna amazing they had the place absolutely beautiful and I think if if a staff member can embrace that I think I think that's when they see their own value and I think a staff member they have to see their own value they have to see the impact that they're having on a guest um, and I think it's not always 
easy to do that in a big hotel um, and I think that's maybe why Inch House maybe is, is a good success at the moment because we're able to build up a connection with people that we actually meet them and we, we deal with them for a number of days um, personally um, staff of course can always be a fickle thing um, some people come and some people go and, and I suppose that's the nature of hospitality as well um, but yeah I think during Covid people reevaluated a lot in their their lifestyle their their family time and i think that presented big challenges for hospitality as we all know hospitality is is not for everyone and the hours are sometimes unsociable um yeah. but i think it is a very rewarding job if if you can if you can find it in a if you can find a way to know what you're doing and the impact you're having on your guests it might be just very very simple as as you know, somebody maybe might be having a bad day and you can see they're not happy or they're upset about something and you can just go in and just have a chat to them. Just ask them how their day was. And you might get information that might help you understand why they're feeling a certain way. And we can do something tiny. It doesn't have to be anything big, something small to make their stay a little bit more enjoyable. You know, maybe bring them a nice bottle of uh, champagne or Prosecco or or even bring the kids a nice toy that we have in the back. Or um, some ice cream. Or some ice cream or anything, something something goody or some <laughs> treats or something. Because little things like that make people smile and make people remember someone. How is the summer looking for you? Like, are you are you busy there? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're, we're very busy for the summer. Um, all, we're nearly booked out for our weekends uh, right up until November. Um, so we have some availability still there, but um, it's get looking like a busy summer ahead. And I think um, a lot of that is down to, to COVID, I suppose. Um, people have a long way of coming around to they need an escape. And I think not as many people, I don't think, are, are running away to sunny destinations. And I think like that, I think European travellers are, are more likely to travel within Europe at the moment. And I think um, that has given us a quite a high occupancy rate at the moment. Do you do, you mentioned the start, you know, social media has been huge as it is for pretty much any business, particularly one that's very public facing. Is that your primary source in terms of generating interest and, and, you know, referrals for the business or do you look at, like, do you work with the likes of Board Fault or that or, you know, is there enough being done, do you think, by tourism promotion agencies in the Midlands to to make people aware, you know, internationally of locations like Inch House? Yeah, I think we have we have a great tourism board, um, I suppose, and I think the leaders of the board can really make a big impact on what we're doing um, and the small businesses as well as the big hotels that, that do need the, that do need the coverage and I think, um, if we can uh, keep working together, I think, with the local tourism boards, Falcha Ireland um, and, and campaigns around Europe really to strike the sense of adventure in Ireland, because there, there are so many hidden gems just like Inch House all around the country. Um, and I think we have a lot of people traveling around Ireland um, and they're stopping off somewhere. But when when you get them to stop off, you need to get them to stay a little longer to get them really experienced because people are looking for a real Irish experience um, and something really traditional that to go into a pub um, that doesn't have loads of tourists in it, that has a load of locals in it and you'll hear the, the local musician playing guitar and, and singing and, and everyone joining in. I think the experiences is, is what people are after really. Yeah. 
and Vernis Ireland has proven time and time again we can deliver those experiences for we people. We surely but can, and, yeah. But it's such an important point that sometimes tourists may pass through the Midlands going from one place to the other. If we can capture them and keep them, and uh, undoubtedly venues like yourselves are are playing a huge role in doing that. You've picked up numerous awards even in the past couple of years, particularly around sustainability. Yes. Um, so you're doing a lot of good stuff there too, as well as just giving good service. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose I like to think we are. Um, <laughs> I think you know sustainability has I suppose many facets to it I suppose and we we come in I suppose on, on two major aspects we want our carbon footprint to be low um, and, and we suppose we want to make our business viable um, with the rising cost of living now and energy costs and everything like that I suppose we all want to make sure that our businesses thrive and that they, they get through the tough parts um, because there's always going to be ups and downs um, in the world and we're going to experience some tough times ahead I'm sure but we wanted to jump in on sustainability I suppose because it matters to me um, I suppose personally um, I think I think we need to do the best we can um, and I think if we have the grants there and, and infrastructure there to help businesses along to make their businesses more sustainable um, you know we should we have a page on our website all about sustainability. We break down uh, how much every guest's carbon footprint is per night. Um, so the guests can go on and see how much, what impact am I having on by staying here on the environment and how much, how can I change? We have a list of different things we can get uh, our guests to do. So do you example, think is that influencing yeah. guests' decisions to actually book each yes, house? Yes, I think so. Each yeah, house, I think yeah. people are becoming more conscious of it because a lot of people do mention that they're like, gosh, oh my God, I didn't realise my carbon footprint when I went to go stay somewhere. Um, and I suppose we have introduced a huge amount of sustainable uh, actions from our solar panels, EV charging, points for cars, uh, reducing water, you know, uh, our waste management systems. Um, we've worked a lot on that. Um, we've worked that on that for, for guests as well as, as a business. So I think that has had an impact and a lot of corporate companies will, will have a, a good gander around our sustainability page. And I think that's something they want to promote as well when they come to us. Um, we had a wedding inquiry there today and um, that was one of her main uh, main points was that we were a sustainable property when she was looking to book with us. So I yeah. think people people are thinking of it, people are conscious um, and people are definitely mindful of, of how they are making impact. Yeah, well, as the winner of the European GRINN Best Sustainable Accommodation Ireland Award 2022, you know, clearly doing something right too. And as you're just showcasing there, that that message makes a difference and is important to people as well. In all the business, and you mentioned about how we're all really busy, um, I've got to say you probably took last weekend off because you spent it up in Dublin um, at Dublin Pride. And yes. it was the 40th anniversary of the first one, which I suppose came about initially to mark the murder of Declan Flynn. So 40 years on from Pride, I'm going to suggest, I don't think you were, you might have been around for the first one anyway. Um, <laughs> it's an important event for you, though. Yeah, I think I think it's an important event for, I suppose, Irish people as a society, um, because, you know, it's not always uh, talked about and it's not always, I suppose, the popular thing to talk about. And it can become very heated and topical conversation for some people in, in Irish homes. And I think, um, I suppose, for us, Inch House as a business, I think we... We, we provide a place that's safe um, and I think I know when I travel I always consider where I stay is it is it LGBTQ plus friendly um, and I know friends of mine that have um, had bad experiences in properties where they haven't felt welcomed they haven't felt 
that safety where they're staying and whether that's for a family with the kids and I think safety is a huge aspect to to pride um, I think you need to have pride in your place as well um, I suppose for us as well I mean pride is not just about you know uh, being gay or anything like that I think pride is about humanity and how we can show kindness to each other in, in hotels in shops um, and that comes down to I suppose as well our guests go into the local supermarket, our guests go into the local restaurants and they need to feel like they're welcomed and safe no matter who they are or where they're from. And of course, I mean, I say 40 years since the first event as well, we see lots of big companies, big organisations are very Taoiseach. You know, is very much front and centre at some of the events at the weekend as well. Does all that help or is it is it helping get that message out there about our are we still maybe lagging behind? You know, you say maybe in even some households, maybe the conversation is not really happening. You know, what has really changed since 2015 when the marriage equality came in from in your own perspective? Um, I suppose from my perspective, that is something that is ever changing. Um, I think the conversation is happening. Um, it's not maybe happening maybe as much as society needs it to happen. Mm. Um, but I think it it is happening. And I suppose if you push something in someone's face, no matter what it is, people are going to take time to get used to something and you have to allow for time for society to change. Um, and I think, you know, Ireland has come a long way. Um, everywhere it is, you know, I suppose even the Midlands LGBT community, um, you know, they have a group there and everything. It's, I think, little by little we'll get there. And I think, um, yeah, that's where we're going. I think we've come a long way. Uh, we have a long way to go. Um, but I think uh, even when you go to a hotel, you know, and you... you as as suppose as a gay man, I suppose it's nice for me when I go to a hotel and, and see somebody friendly there that maybe it is part of the LGBT community. Uh, it definitely gives uh, a sense of, um, I suppose, safety, at ease, welcomed, I suppose. And that safety is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a constant concern, is it? Even like, say, socialising in Ireland, is it still a concern for for people in the LGBT plus community that maybe how how safe you actually feel and you think will we will we ever get to a point where people can feel entirely safe um i don't think safety is ever guaranteed i suppose for for any member of any community um and i suppose when you walk down the street you you need to feel safe where you are and you need to you feel need to feel like you're not going to be targeted for for who you are whether that's straight or whatever uh, or having a family or anything like that and i think when families come to us, I suppose, the, the, there's an aspect there of safety. Um, it's not just about um, any community, any particular community. It's about feeling safe in an environment. So if a family come to us, they need to know their sa- kids are safe to run around the garden. You know, um, they're safe to meet other guests and, and, and pet our dogs. And, you know, they need to feel that safety. So I think, yeah, I think we, we've come a long way. Um, but again, we have a long way to go. Um, and I think safety is, is a big, big element. And I suppose I do feel safe in Ireland. I feel safe in my business. I feel safe with my guests. I still feel like we create a safe atmosphere at Inch House. And um, yeah, I suppose that's really, yeah, long story short, I, I do feel safe in Ireland. I think it, it has come a long way. And I think, yeah. 
as always n- never stop there's always more that can be done yeah. in every aspect as well Michael it's been absolutely fascinating as if anybody wants to look up more inchhouseireland.ie is the website you'll find Michael or indeed Inchhouse or Sir Hurt Barn across all regular social media channels as well he's uh, always on Instagram he's always on Facebook and LinkedIn as well so if you're on any of those social media channels give them a follow and just get a sense of exactly the, the amazing work that's taking place at Inch House but for now Michael thank you so much for coming in and all the very best with Inch House and your future endeavours Perfect thank you very much Ronan appreciate it Time now for a short break after that I'm going to go across to Mullingar and we'll speak to the owner of uh, the latest restaurant to open up there in the town talk to you very shortly Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business Still to come uh, believe it or not uh, over 80,000 people are currently working not just one but two or more jobs so I'm trying to find get to, the, get to the bottom of that and find out just why a little bit later with Yasmin El Kershi from All Pro, All Pro Recruitment but first I'm going to go across to Mullingar and to Mr Owen Murphy Owen is the owner of the Pitta Pit it's just a new restaurant that's opened in Mullingar and Owen joins me now Owen uh, congratulations on getting the new restaurant opened um, why the Pitta Pit and what do you offer there? Yeah, thanks very much Ronan uh, I'll have to pull you on that one I'll have to say uh, Owen Murray anyways or sorry Owen be proud, so absolutely. we'll have to keep the family name right Anyway. I have it written in front of me, so no excuses. I apologise for that. Own money. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Pitta Pitta is just a, a new addition to Mullingar. Hopefully that the people of Mullingar are enjoying. It's like a, a salad-based, fresh-thinking, healthy eating sort of is the slogans for the brand. And uh, it's doing quite well off the bat now, so we're happy enough, yeah. When you went looking at, say, different franchises that you could have brought in, what attracted you to this one in particular? Uh, well, uh, since we're in Mullingar with a different brand of uh, pizza brand, Apache Pizza as well, since 2004. And since then, we've noticed the changes between like Chinese food and Thai street food and all the different things. And since COVID, I think the, the healthy eating option has been really pushed across the country and it seems to be working quite well now. So it's just uh, the new the new type of people are out there to, to look after themselves rather than all just kebabs and pizzas so it seems to be working really as you mentioned you have a you have a long history your family have with with the food service in Mullingar too starting with Apache Pizza that's a business that really has remained very very strong and continues to grow yeah it's a family run so dad started this we moved up from Dublin in the early 2000s and dad was looking for a change and we've been in kind of food industry all our lives with different things and Apache was kind of a new franchise starting at the time and a little like Pitta Pit at the minute we were store number four in the country which I am with Pitta Pit again store number four of the brand in the country so um, Apache has gone from strength to strength there's 197 stores as of today with the Apache brand and uh, we've been store of the year umpteen times and store of the week for many week in a row so we're doing something right and with the support of the Mullingar town and people it's just been a, a success story really and there's something about Mullingar though too isn't there it's a good town for outlets like Apache or for Pitapit oh definitely like people say like clannish can be a, good, a bad thing but Mullingar definitely sticks together and, and makes a clan out of the whole town you know it's, it's definitely it's a real good business town and to have some amazing people like and mentors for me from like Ted Wright to Ben Dolan like are the people that would be behind someone like me and they'd helped me in my younger years now to get to the stage we need you know we um, this kind of happened for me 
in a an overnight sort of situation with dad you know the dad fell ill and it, it kind of i needed people like the people of Mullingar to get behind me and to make sure that the business continues to thrive so uh, uh, an, an absolute shout out to the people of Mullingar because they seem to all stick together and look after each other so yeah, you mentioned there overnight with your father falling sick it really was that he literally went in was it for a regular GP appointment and, and came out with uh, worrying signs yeah so Antoinette Butler was dad's GP and our GP since we're young kids and only for she dad used to spend a bit of time going over and back to Alicante for a few weeks at a time and he went in for his flu jab and Antoinette Butler had said to him, we'll just check your bloods, Niall, and, you know, we'll just, so when you're back the next time, I'll have your blood results. And she rang him the next day to say, you're not getting on that plane, Niall. You may come in and see me that the the bloods had showed up, the signs of the prostate cancer. So that kind of turned things on their head. Business isn't so important. Then you have to look after number one, which is, the breadwinner, you know, so he was uh, up and uh, dealt with the, the, the Matter Hospital and had the prostate removed. And lucky enough, so far now he's been uh, got the all clear. But you know, only for going in for the flu jab and the Antoinette Butler's thinking of how she does things. You know, that uh, I'd be a total different story today. Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's so important. This is just to be even having those routine checks, or even getting that flu jab, just to at least be with your GP or some medical professional that might spot that too. Um, so he's doing well in terms of recovery as well. Have you kind of taken more of a bigger role with Apache then, in order to since, since he's had to step aside for a while? Yeah, I've become now the franchisee of Apache, and the bit of it is the new thing for me. But that also had the stroke then in 2019, towards the end of 2019, and. That was kind of the, the the full on. So he had a good good whack of it, as he says. He spent twenty six weeks up in the national rehab in Dunleary, who were absolute angels up there and miracle workers. But I wouldn't say only for one, only for Mullingar and the hospital. We have a stroke unit in Mullingar Hospital, and the ambulance was at my house within ten minutes and had Dad in the hospital within another five minutes. So only thanks to the hospital and only for it being there, like. You know, I still have my dad to rely on and to fall back on and, and still ask questions about life and business. So, you know, we owe a lot to having a hospital in our town. There's towns around us that don't have that uh, luxury of having it. So, yeah, And even just to uh, tap into that knowledge he has of that sector as well. Of course, um, it's probably going to be a busy summer for you ahead, uh, particularly in Mullingar, given that the flag hole will be back this year. So you'll be flat oh, yeah. out 24-7, <laughs> will you, making pizzas and pitas? Yeah, and thanks to Joe, Joe Kinnear again for actually giving it a second go because I, I can imagine what it's like to try and organise something like the Flower when I've, uh, I have a third business as well. We have the List Cafe that's out in Chewdenham there at the lakeside at the Loch Ennell Caravan Park. And uh, for me, running three businesses is hard enough. I can only imagine what Joe Kinnear is going through trying to organise 500,000 people coming to the town for the week. But last year was a, and a success for everyone, I think, uh, since the flower, we've had the amount of tourism coming into the shop saying, oh, was this where the music was or is this where the flower was? You know, you can actually tell the amount of, it's like giving out discount vouchers. You can tell when the people are coming in that are not from Mullingar and they only seen Mullingar because of maybe the flower.
Obviously, you know, it was a fabulous event. And as I said, the town was ideally set up to cater for that too. And it's great, again, you know, more food offerings coming. Um, you'll be able to feed those 500,000 by, by just your own, two, own few businesses, I'd say. Oh, yeah. And not even just by the sales. Like for our staff, I have at the minute over 70 staff working for us in the three restaurants. So for them, they got to see, to meet people. Uh, uh, Dottie O'Shea came in behind the counter and served a few customers for us. Uh, a friend of mine, Sarah Jane Foster, brought Dottie up to say hello to us. So, you know, the fun and the girls got to go out giving out goodie bags and got to, and, uh, two one-hour breaks to try and go around the town and make sure they got involved with the flat themselves. And, you know, I couldn't do any of this without the team I have. And some of them are with us for over 15 years and some of them are with us only two weeks and they all kind of we have we called it the apache family now it's a bit bigger than just the apache family but it's great to have the team behind me is just it's that's the that's the key well, well done because 70 jobs in any regional town is a fantastic achievement to be able to sustain that and for the length that you've done with a lot of your staff too that's a huge credit to you now if and just to be promise me one thing during the summer if any of those well-paid rt people come in don't give them out free food okay <laughs> I heard uh, if we get them down I've, I've heard they've got extra money this year oh. so that's why I said oh, they, yeah, uh, <laughs> have a special they, rate they can't them. look for the ch- <laughs> yeah they can't look for the charity now this year but no we had a great a great year last year and we're looking forward to and we've the Bachelor Fest happening again in Mullingar this year who I'm sure Joe Dolan would absolutely love to be here to see so you know it's it's a great little town and the people that are in it like I said the, the guys that are backing the young entrepreneurs of today, like myself, I'm only 34, to have someone like Ben Dolan, who's in his 80s, to actually give you advice on a daily basis or to, even in passing, like, you know, just to have something to say and involve you in their life, you know, it's it's great, great little town. Fantastic, yeah. It's a community effort too and uh, even speaking to Michael Fitzpatrick's there before you too, like you get that sense of the community coming together and people working together as well. Look at, well done Owen, it's uh, been a pleasure having you on as well. All the very best with the latest venture, although I can pretty much guess it's going to be a huge success. But uh, all the best to yourself and of course to your dad as well as he continues his recovery and um, hopefully we'll see you around Mullingar in, in August for the FLA. Oh, most definitely. Thank you very much for the call, Ron. It's all. nice talking to you. You do. Thanks, Owen. That's Owen Murray there, the owner of Apache Pizza and Pit of Pit in Mullingar. Um, again, you know, talking about family, the community and you know, sustaining 70 jobs in Mullingar. Huge achievement as well. So well done to all involved. And if you're in the area, why not check out either of those restaurants? Now, time for a quick break. After that, we're going to explore that topic of double jobbing or indeed treble jobbing. Is it actually more prevalent than you might think? And is it true that over 80,000 people are currently working at least two or more jobs? Find out now in just a couple of moments. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. New research has shown that a significant amount of us are actually working not just one, maybe two or even more jobs. To get a, a sense of the scale of this, I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by Yasmin al the Marketing Manager with All Pro Recruitment. Uh, very good evening, Yasmin. Good evening, Ronan. Yasmin, what sort of figures and statistics have we around this? People who are working two or more jobs in Ireland at present. Yeah, so it's actually 80,000 people um, are aged between 15 and 64 employed in two or more jobs. Now, that's a big rise. So in 2002, there was only 30,000 people doing this. So massive change here for some reason or another. Um, now, really, it only affects that's it's still only 3.2 percent of the employed um, people in Ireland, but still big jump. And believe it or not, 4,000 people over the age of 65 are working in um, two or more jobs. So it just shows how the culture and working and what we feel like is work 
um, has really changed in Ireland over the last 20 years. Yeah, and 3.2%, while it sounds small, it's a significant portion. As you say, 80,000 workers is uh, certainly not insignificant that. Anything in these reports to suggest why people are taking two jobs? Is it a lifestyle decision? Is it out of pure necessity? Like, uh, both, to be honest with you, Ronan. So, like, it's... Things have changed massively in Ireland, but like our culture, our whole look and, you know, so there's a lot of factors here at the minute um, working. We've got the gig economy, our economy at the minute, as you know, like people are, are struggling to pay um, their bills, like just huge amount of changes that have, have affected this. But like we'll talk about even just talk about like our attitude to work nowadays. Whereas before, you know, when I finished school, I'm sure it might have been the same for you. You know, you went and you got a job and you did the same job for your entire life. And that was it. You clocked in, you clocked out. Be happy with it. Be happy. You were terrified of your boss. You were begging and pleading, you know, for, you know, a day off here or to take your holidays. That has totally shifted now. Like now when we talk about, you know, going into a workplace and we're talking about respect and inclusion and flexibility at work and all these kind of things, you know, so like working isn't what it used to be. And I think so you can you don't have to, I suppose, it's not the drudgery it used to be. So maybe enjoying the two jobs that you have is a possibility. Do you notice that being borne out in terms of the jobs that you're advertising with All Pro now? Are there more opportunities for people to look at jobs that are clearly defined as maybe a day or two days a week? And that maybe that employer is open to somebody having more than one uh, yeah. one occupation. Um, absolutely. And I think, to be honest, because of the way the market has gone, like so now we're still in this um, deficit. It's still a candidate short mar- market, which means we don't have enough um, job seekers. So you need to be looking outside your, your usual talent pool. And that when we say talent pool, what we mean is the people that you're always, you know, looking for. So you need to have that offer, that flexibility and you need to be looking at things like like a, a statistic here that came out of that report was um, there is now 120,000 more women working um, since 2019. Like that's huge um, just in four years. And so like they're coming back to the work, but mostly this is down to more part time work being available. Um, there is actually part time work employment has grown by 70, 77% since 2002. So that's huge, isn't it? And that's in comparison to see here you have it written that yeah. 32% increase in full-time employment. Yeah. So again, so this whole massive growth in that. So we're beginning to get some of the, the, the insights into this as well. It stems, of course, beyond, say, a traditional job and um, things like the gig economy, which kind of has a wide ranging definition as well. There's a lots of people even in like the pharma sector, the medical device sector yeah. that are on contract roles. They always have been. They always will. It's quite lucrative and kind of, you know, it's, it's very secure in its own right. But the gig economy extends to other things you're even suggesting things like even Airbnb or Uber drivers yeah so it really is far reaching like the gig economy is like temp workers we would have a lot of temp workers um, working with all pro recruitment you know as you say IT pharma so it's not just you know it used to be maybe your blue collar workers but now it's going all the way up to white collar workers and people earning you know over 100k a year could be considered part of the gig economy so they might have a second job or a business on the side. You know, like you look at 
I'm just thinking, like, my boss, he has how many jobs? He has a couple of businesses, right? Ronan, you have a few jobs too, don't you? I don't really. Everybody always (laughs) says that to me, but I actually don't. I have my day job and I do a bit of stuff on the radio from time to time. That's two. It's it's not even two. It's it's job. This is is a hobby. I do this for the love of it as well. Um, Which actually brings us to the next point. And I don't get any secret payments. I don't get get any commercial (laughs) partners who want to give me an extra 75,000 a year. Ooh, well, anyway, we'll leave that for we'll now anyway. That, yeah. Of course, actually, we can laugh at that and maybe extra jobs and extra money. There surely is an element of this too where people are almost forced or feel they have to work a second job purely because if we look at things like the, the rising cost of living, energy costs, rent. I mean, rent has been a topic of debate and a huge area of kind of concern and contention for yeah. years and years at this stage. We're now hearing of rents of maybe between a 1,700 and 2,000 euros for a three-bed semi-D in a Midlands town. Yeah. I mean, that might force somebody to look at a few extra hours a week too. I think absolutely. Like you're looking at rent has gone up by 9% um, from um, since last year. Like 9% mightn't sound like a lot, but it's huge when you think of like, you know, you're talking 9% of 1,700 or 2,000. Um, so like that's gone up. And also that's, yeah, so definitely to have a second job to pay for that. We've got inflation was 7.8% last year, but like the cost of just even things like food prices, they're up 13%. But like basic things, Ronan, your sugar is up by 39% since last year. The price of milk is up by 24%. These are huge. Electricity is up from the beginning of this year. So January the 1st, 2023 until now is up by 51%. Oh, Yasmin, I think we may leave it there. Like, I mean, that really paints a picture as to why you might want to work a second job. But if you are somebody who does work a second job, uh, 083 103 is a text WhatsApp number, business at midlands103.com. Text me or let me know if you are working a second or even third job. Other than that, all of you who've been nominated for the Midlands 103 Customer Service Awards, I will see you all hopefully at the gala dinner in the Midlands Park next Monday night. All Pro Recruitment, of course, mm-hmm. are the mainline sponsors of that event. So, uh, Big thank you to them too and really looking forward to a great night. That's it for me for this evening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Talk to you next week at 7pm.